Hello and welcome to today's episode of the ABCs, Authors Between the Covers. What makes successful authors tick? What does it take to sell that manuscript? Is self-publishing a good option? Or is selling your book to a big publishing house still the only way to fly? What about keeping up with your first big success? We'll talk about all this and more on today's show, hosted by journalist and publisher Hope Katz Gibbs, author of Truly Amazing Women Who Are Changing the World, and PR Rules, The Playbook. Hello, and welcome to this month's episode of Authors Between the Covers. I cannot believe the pleasure of having this author on the show. Her latest book is Wings of Fire, A Guide to the Dragon World. And oh my God, this is a series that everyone, everyone has read and must read if you haven't. So Tony Sutherland, welcome to Authors Between the Covers on the Incandescent Radio Network and Incandescent TV. I'm Hope Katz Gibbs, proud to interview you today. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Well, first and foremost, this recording, this interview is for Costco's magazine, and it is the author spotlight in October. So we're going to produce it and promote it then as well. So first of all, all right, start us at the very beginning. Tell us all about you and your journey as a writer. Sure. Um, Oh, gosh. (laughs) Well, I've always wanted to be a writer. Like that was something when I was a little kid that I, I loved making up stories. I loved reading stories and thinking about what I would write and reading like biographies of authors and be, and imagining myself in that world. And then, so when I graduated from college, I went into publishing because I sort of wanted to know how it worked. Like what, how do books get made? How is that possible? Like, how does it go from um, all of my like scribblings into like a full book that other people can actually read? Um, so it was wonderful because I learned so much about, you know, uh, the editing process, how to take criticism. <laughs> And, um, and think of it as like helpful um, ways to, you know, make, make my books better because I was thinking about it from the editor's perspective as well. Like I was learning to be an editor and then like how the whole process of a book, like getting to a bookshelf happens. And then, I don't know, I'd written a lot of other things. Um, I sort of have tried a lot of different sort of genres and a few different names along the way. But I had written several books by the time I was like, okay, I want to write a series about dragons. I love dragons. I'm a huge Anne McCaffrey fan. (laughs) She was um, just like someone that I adored growing up. And I was thinking like, well, what if, you know, it was the sort of hero's quest kind of story that had a lot of the things you find in epic fantasy, but it was from the dragon's point of view instead of the human's point of view. Like, what if it was the dragons who got to have all the fun and the adventures and we got to be inside their heads the whole time? So that's sort of how the beginning of the series started. The first five books were, originally that was the plan, was five books, and it would center around these five little dragons. Um, So there'd be one who would be the main character for each book, and it would be about how they're in this prophecy and they have to save the world, but do they want to follow the rules of the, you know, the dragons who take care of them, or do they want to save the world their own way? So it's a lot about, like, destiny, like, what's written for you versus, like, what you choose to do for yourself and, like, how you can save the world no matter what kind of dragon you are, whether you're like the fierce bossy one or like the like tiny optimistic one with no powers, but you like really believe in saving the world, you know, or um, or the quiet bookish one. Like they all have their own way of contributing to like saving the world and making the world a better place. That's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of backstory, but. Oh, um... Awesome. So this, this book is in the series. So many questions. Which dragon are you? A. <laughs> and B. What inspired this particular book and how do they all fit together in this series? Sure, absolutely. Well, 
I usually say, I mean, I try to put a piece of myself in every dragon, um, but probably the one that's the closest to my personality um, is the heroine in book five. Her name is Sunny. She's the optimistic one. She's the one who's like so excited that they're in a prophecy and she gets to save the world with her best friends. Like, it's fantastic. So she's super positive and very, you know, makes a lot of mistakes. <laughs> She's not perfect, but I think that, you know, that's, I think that's how I would feel if I, if I discovered it was like my destiny to save the world. I think I'd be excited too. And then what was the other question? So, <laughs> oh, this, is is in. so <laughs> this is the, um, this is the guide. Um, so at this point I've written 15 books in the main series. Um, so they kind of fit into these arcs. There's the first five and then book six through 10 is another story. And then uh, 11 through 15 is yet another story. And so they each have their own prophecy and um, main characters. Uh, so it's a different character in each book, but they all fit together. Uh, and then there's two like prequels that are sort of standalones in the world. And then there's the graphic novels. But so this one that's coming out is a guide to the whole world. So it's sort of hilarious. I'm like, this is the nonfiction one, but it's clearly <laughs> still fiction. It's all about the dragons, but it's the like history. It has um, a chapter on each of the dragon tribes. So there's 10 dragon tribes. And so in each of those, there's like a little map. There's um, more details about sort of the, the like habitat that they each live in. And there's at least a couple of stories or like correspondence. And the whole idea is that at the beginning of each of the, of the books, um, of the main books, there's this guide that says like a Nightwing guide to uh, the dragons of Pyria. And it, it shows like a little drawing of each of the types of dragons with like a sort of synopsis of what their, you know, abilities are, who their queen is, who their alliances are. And the idea is that those haven't always been accurate because they're written by one of the tribes. The Nightwings have always written most of the scrolls. And so this dragon that you've met in the first books has decided to put together a guide that tells you the truth about what's really like going on with each of the tribes in their own voices. He's like, it's kind of unfair that one tribe has been describing all the other tribes this whole time. They should get to tell their own stories. They should get to have their own like voices be part of the story. And so he goes, he's like gathering um, from each of the tribes around the continent, like, you know, finally we have like the Mudwing side of the story. And finally we have like a Rainwing has written her own story. And so that's the idea of the book. It was going to, it started off and it was going to be a little more like lists of things. And then I can't help myself. I love writing about characters and, and stories. And so it ended up being much more like little short stories um, that like tell you more about this world. So like, hopefully for kids who've read all the books, they'll be like, oh, finally we get to find out like who Queen Scarlet married and how that went. Not very well. <laughs> and finally we get to know what like this reference to the, like this ancient Mudwing problem is. Like now we get sort of the, the true story of what that was about. And hopefully it's, you know, still kind of funny and character based um, in addition to having just like a overview of the whole world that makes sense. Oh my God, that's amazing. So how did you get started with all of this? With writing in general or with Wings of Fire? With Wings of Fire. With Wings of Fire. It was thinking about dragons and then also, so there were sort of two um, like big sort of things that I was thinking about at the beginning of the series. And one was that whole idea of um, like fate versus free will um, and like whether everything that we do is like already written or whether we can change it, like how much control we have over our own lives. 
And then at the same time, I had just had my first kid as I was writing the series. And so I was thinking a lot about parenting and what we do to our children and like how they turn out and whether, you know, I was looking at this baby and I was like, he's perfect. Did I do that? <laughs> did he did he come out that way? I think it's kind of connected because like fate versus free will and like nature versus nurture um, and like expectations, you know, so it's, you know, these dragons, they've been taken from their families. So there's a question of, do they, um, like, what do they have that's like inherent to them versus what do they have that came from like growing up with these other dragons from other tribes in this sort of like unusual situation. And then like expectations, right? Everyone is like, well, you're in this prophecy. So we expect you um, to save the world. And I was thinking about that with my kids. I was like, how much pressure am I putting on them? Like, what am I expecting from them versus like, what do they want for themselves? So those are a lot of the sort of like pieces that were coming together as I was writing the series and thinking about those dragons. Now back it up to dragons. Why dragons? <laughs> Why dragons? Um, well, I've always loved them. I feel like it's, um, it feels a little bit like writing a series where every character is a superhero because they can fly and, you know, they're huge. And they also like each tribe has its own, um, so has its own kind of powers and or different abilities. And I guess I was thinking, I really love stories where you take something you think you know, and then and then like flip it around where you get to see like the inside of somebody else. So um, like I wrote a series a while ago where um, each character, like you, you'd read the first book and then in the second book, you'd see that same character from someone else's point of view. And by like the fifth book, you're learning things about the other characters that you didn't know because you weren't in, until you're inside that person's point of view. And so that's what I'm trying to do with these as well. Like, I'm really interested in, you know, everyone sees Sunny a certain way in book one, but when you get inside her head in book five, like, how does she see herself? And I think that goes back to why dragons, because I was like, in most of the books we've read, like, well, especially in like Western dragon stories, like they're big, they're scary, they're kind of the bad guy. They're often like, they just guard their treasure and they like fight humans and knights and stuff. And what would it be like to be inside their heads instead? And like, how do they feel about it? You know, uh, there, there are humans in this world, um, but the dragons and the humans don't understand at the beginning that the others are like sentient or conscious. They sort of think of them like the dragons think of the humans as these like annoying squirrels who show up and steal their treasure. <laughs> and um, The humans think of the dragons as like giant flying sharks that could eat them at any moment. And so that's a lot of what's happening too, is they're kind of starting to understand each other as the series goes on. There's like little hints um, that get stronger towards like where I've gotten up to now that there are certain dragons that are willing to try and understand the humans instead of eating them <laughs> and what that's like, you know. Amazing. All right. Tell us a little bit about you. First, how old are your kids now? My kids are now 11 and 13. Okay. And has this helped you with your parenting? Has the series helped you with your parenting? <laughs> I think so. I mean, I hope so. I, I, I also still have that feeling that like, they are just who they are. Um, and they're so wonderful the way they are that like, I, this can't possibly be my, like my doing, like they just are so wonderful. I do think about it a lot as I'm writing. Like I, I joke that I've, I've written a lot of really terrible moms. Cause I'm like, well, at least I'm not that bad. <laughs> like most of these dragon moms are not great in various different terrible ways. And so as I'm writing them, I try to think about how could this mom do something different or like what's not working about this parenting style. So I guess that's a part of it too. But when I'm really deep into a story, 
I'm thinking about the story and the characters more than like my own life. But I love talking to them about it. I love talking to them about stories. And so I think my kids are very like hyper aware of stories in the world around them. Like when we watch TV, I'll constantly pause it and be like, oh my gosh, did you see what that, what they just did there? Like, do you see how that makes this character feel this way to you? And like, now you care about, and they're like, mom, can we just watch the show? (laughs) It's fun. It's fun to talk to them about that kind of thing. Do you think they'll grow up to be writers? Maybe. They're both huge theater kids. So they love, um, they're both actors. And I think I, at least one of them I see like has the soul of a director. Like, you know, he, he really wants to get in there and like make the story on stage. And he, and they both, I've seen them both write things. Like the other one is a, like does these amazing little comics where he like draws these amazing little characters. And I, I would love to, to see that because I can't draw at all. And I kind of wish I could go back in time and like, become a great artist so that I could illustrate graphic novels as well. But I could see him doing that. I think he would be, you know, he has like a lot of fun ideas. I could see it, but whatever they want to do, no expectations, right? <laughs> so you have done all of this in 11 years. That's in 15, 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. Wow. Are you proud of yourself? Oh, <laughs> I mean, it, uh, I, I feel very grateful. You know what I mean? Like, I'm really grateful that Scholastic has been super supportive. My publisher, like I feel like the the covers they put on these books made a huge difference. They're so beautiful. Our artist, her name is Joy Ang, and she is just incredible. And that they've supported them so that I could keep going. You know, I think that's one of the things like when you write five books in a world and you're like, oh, I really want to write more. Like how often do you get to do that? So I'm just extremely glad um, and grateful to the readers too, that they keep reading them. And, and that's why I get to keep writing them. Do you think this will, is this going to be a motion picture? <laughs> um, we're talking about it. It would it would be better as a TV show. Is it something that we talk about a lot because you can't just do book one. It doesn't end like in a final way. Like you have to go all the way to book five to get to a satisfying ending. And that would be hard to fit into a two hour movie. But if they could do like an entire TV show, that would be really exciting, I think. So it's all, you know, it's so much harder to make a TV show than a book, turns out. <laughs> There's so many more people involved. So, um, you know, I'm happily, happily writing. Um, and uh, if it happens, that would be very exciting. Awesome. All right. Take us back to the beginning. So you grew up as a theater kid, I read in your bio. Yes. So take us back to the beginning, because you said it was because uh, you were one of the artistic experience, but really it was the cute boys who were on theater. <laughs> and, with us, yes. And you also, um, you're, you're from New Zealand. And My mom is from New Zealand. Yeah. So t- take us back to the beginning and tell us more about you. Sure. So, um, yeah, my mom's from New Zealand. My dad is um, from around where I am now in New England. And um, I was born in Venezuela, actually. So I grew up mostly overseas, uh, Venezuela and then Paraguay. We spent two years in Miami and then the Dominican Republic before we moved to uh, New Jersey in high school. And uh, yeah, so in my, yeah, my mom being from New Zealand meant that we traveled a lot. Like we often went back to visit family there or um, my parents just love traveling. Like they're very, they're very interested in like everything that's happening in the world. They met in Venezuela. So um, while my mom was traveling and my dad was working there. So um, they, they've always been very um, interested in, in showing us the world and, and, you know, giving us like a wider perspective um, on everything that's happening. So I'm, I'm grateful to them for that. <laughs> it's been hard to do that for my kids. Like I wanted to do that too, but um, then with the pandemic, we've just been home for three years. So, wow. um, but we're going to New Zealand in a couple of weeks. So um, I'm taking the kids finally. I'm very excited. <laughs> 
kinds. What does your husband do? He works in computers. He does. <laughs> he does like mysterious technological software things. We we say that um, at at cocktail parties, people are usually either interested in my job or his job, and like there's very little overlap. <laughs> They either understand completely what he does or they're like, oh, yes, tell me about children's books. So so this is the guide. It sounds like the culmination. But what's next in the series? Well, we're talking about that. I, I have a bunch of ideas. So I think that there's some things I want to write that are not in the Wings of Fire world um, that I want to do first, because like book 15 is a good sort of pausing place. Like I don't feel like I always feel I would feel bad if I um, like paused the series at like book eight or book 13, where it's like a huge cliffhanger. And then I was like, now you don't get a book for two years. You know, <laughs> that would be that'd be cruel. But here is like a good like um, a little pause place where um, I can go write this other thing. These two other books I want to write and then come back to Wings of Fire because there's a. What I love about the world is that because it's a different main character in each book, I feel like it never gets boring for me because I'm always um, getting to explore sort of a new personality, a new um, like history for this character and like something else that they have to learn. And so there are characters that I've sort of hinted at or that we've seen like leave at the end of other books that we haven't gotten back to yet. So I really want to write their stories. Um, and there's also all these like really young dragons that I've introduced that I would love to maybe jump forward in time and like see them grown up and like together because I have a very clear sense of what their characters are going to be like. So I have a lot of ideas. We'll see. I'm, I, I can at least say I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not done with Wings of Fire. There's going to be more. <laughs> So is there a correlation between the Harry Potter series and what you're working on? I think there are like kids that read both. Um, I mean, it's so, that's like the best part actually of writing the series. I mean, apart from, I love being in my office by myself with my dogs, like writing, writing the books, but actually getting to go in the world and talk to the kids, it gives me so much hope because there's so many young readers who like get really excited about books, you know? Um, and just to know that there are still kids like that. <laughs> I think that a lot of, there's a lot of, I don't know, news about how like nobody reads anymore. Um, but I, I know that's not true now because I get to talk to these kids and not only are they readers, they're, they're, they're writers too. They're creators. They all bring me drawings of dragons that they've made up or like stories that they've written. And I love that. Like I want Wings of Fire to feel like a, like a giant playground where all the kids are welcome to come like write their own stories and make up their own dragons. Because I think fan fiction is a great way to get started as a writer or a creator. And I think also that's the whole idea of the series is that it's, um, you know, anyone can be the hero, like anyone can save the world. It's not just like me, the writer over here, or like the hero of book one. It could also be like the one that you're writing. Like even though Clay and Sunny are saving the world their way over here, like your little dragon could save the world. A different way over here. So I just want all the kids to feel that. That's that's 100% what I'm going for in the books. So that's amazing. How long does it take you to write one? Well, at the beginning, they were coming out every six months. So it was pretty quick, the the original schedule. Um, I think so some of them I could write between like three to four months. Um, I mean, it helped that, you know, I spent like a year planning out the world first. So it's not starting from scratch every time. With book 11, because that goes to a new continent and introduces like new tribes and their history, um, I took a more like nine months with that one. And then with the pandemic, um, the last couple books took more like nine months to a year because my children were home all the time, which was lovely, <laughs> but definitely not productive. <laughs> <laughs>
awesome. but yeah, somewhere between four months and, and a year, ideally. So when you're not doing this, what do you do for fun? Oh, uh, well, I read a lot. I love reading. I have two dogs, so they would love to have my attention all the time if they could. <laughs> and then hanging out with the kids. Those are sort of the main things I do. I was like, I'm, you know, I'm also like someone who can't say no to anything. So I do a lot of PTO stuff and whatever um, people call and ask me for. But yeah, for fun, lots of reading and watching TV. <laughs> what kind of dogs do you have? They are, one of them is a Havanese. Uh, she's actually named after one of the dragons. Her name is Bumblebee. She's kind of a brat, but I love her. <laughs> she's really cute. And the other one is a Maltese poodle mix. Um, his name is his full name is Rainbow Dog because the children named him when they were much littler. Um, and one wanted to call him Rainbow, and the other one wanted to call him Dog. So, but for dignity, we call him Bo. <laughs> and what are you reading? Good question. Right now I'm reading a book called The Forgotten Beasts of Eld by Patricia McKillop. It's like an older book that I've been hearing about for a long time. But I recently read this actually amazing dragon book called To Shape a Dragon's Breath by Moniquel Black Goose, I think is the correct name. But you should look it up. It's um, anyone who's listening. It's called To Shape a Dragon's Breath. And it's the beginning of, a, I think, a trilogy or a series. Um, and it's sort of like an alternate universe where um, like the uh, it's it's set during sort of like colonial times and this native girl has bonded with a dragon. And so they make her go to this academy where they're trying to shape her into like a proper young lady and tell her what to do with her dragon. But she has her own ideas and the dragon is awesome. It's really well written. I loved it so much. Awesome. So dragons, when did they first come to you? <laughs> I mean, like I said, when I was younger, I read a lot of, um, so Anne McCaffrey was probably the first like big dragon, like, like, like sparked it for me. There was a, a book called Dragon Song, um, where a girl um, finds these like nine, they're called fire lizards, because they're, they're, there are dragons in the world, but then there are these tiny dragons. Um, and so these tiny fire lizard dragons, she bonds with like nine of them and they follow her around everywhere. And I was like, oh, I want nine tiny dragons to follow me everywhere. <laughs> Maybe they are. <laughs> and then, um, and, and, and when I got older, Naomi Novik writes this amazing series about dragons um, that's sort of the Napoleonic Wars, but retold as if we all had dragons then and they were like used as like warships. And so this there's this like fantastic dragon named Tamarare, who is the, um, I think the first one is called like His Majesty's Dragon or Her Majesty's Dragon. I thought I had it on my shelf, but I don't. Um, but all of her books, I mean, she's not writing those anymore, but everything she writes is wonderful too. Wow. The world of pure imagination. You're, you're living in it, sharing it. <laughs> suck us in. <laughs> What's your advice to writers? Oh, sure. I always feel like I could talk about that for so long, um, especially because it depends like what stage they're at, right? So um, so for young writers, um, like the kids I meet, um, my biggest advice is, is just to keep writing and do it like for joy. Um, Jane Yolen has this wonderful writing book called Take Joy that I, I always feel like is the first one that you should read um, because it's about like writing because you love it and not just because you're like, oh, I have to finish this book and send it to an agent and get it published. Like, I think when you're young, like writing should be um, more not just for fun, but because you like can't stop yourself because you have like stories inside you and you just want to get them out. And so, you know, I say read a lot and then also like think about stories like I was talking about where um, every um, every show I watch or every book I read, my brain is, is, is going like, well, wh why did they do that? Like, how did they make that decision? And would I have done that? And like, what if they had done this other thing? I think that like having people to talk to about that 
is a good way to start thinking about just like how you want to shape stories and then finding like books you love and thinking about what you want your voice to be. So all the books that I wrote before Wings of Fire, um, I got to sort of test out different voices. And I think that it helped me get to where uh, Wings of Fire is like sort of the actual, the voice that I really want to have, you know, has like a sense of humor and it's very positive about the world, but there's a lot other, other stuff going on. So I don't know. I think, I think all the books I read and then certain TV shows as well um, kind of got me to that point of understanding what I wanted to say to the world. But mostly I would say like, just, just keep writing and don't get discouraged, especially for kids. Like I used to start a lot of stories and then have trouble finishing them. (laughs) So I would say that's so super normal. And like, don't let that discourage you. Like, just keep going. Just write something else if you want to. Um, It's all good practice. uh, And you're just going to get better as you go along. All right. Now the last question. So what do you want to tell the world about yourself and this amazing series, Wings of Fire? I mean, I guess my main thing is thank you. Like, thank you for reading it. And um, for anyone who hasn't read it yet, I hope that you do love it. And that I guess what I was saying, like, I hope that it makes kids feel that sense of, uh, like, potential, that they all have this potential inside of them. And then someone asked me once, like, what's the, like, if you had to describe the whole series in one word, what would it be? And I realized it's um, empathy. Like, I, I want the whole series to be about trying to understand each other and like knowing that there's your story, but there's other people's stories as well. And um, I think that's a lot of what's going on with the dragons is just trying to see the world through other eyes and um, and understanding like why people do the things they do. Sounds like a brilliant political commentary. It's applicable to many things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> amazing. So Tui Sutherland, thank you so much for your time today. And I'm so excited to share your words of wisdom with all of our listeners on Incandescent Radio and Incandescent TV. And also, of course, in Costco's October magazine. So best of luck to you and this new book, Wings of Fire, A Guide to the Dragon World. And we're going to talk to you again because we want to see what you're up to in a few years and where this is all led. Because I think that TV series is a real thing. Fingers crossed. Thank you so much, Hope. This was really fun. Thank you. Thank you to our listeners. I'm Hope Katz-Gibbs, producer of the show on Incandescent Radio and Incandescent.us. We'll talk to y'all soon. That's it for today's episode of The ABCs, Authors Between the Covers, hosted by journalist and publisher Hope Katz-Gibbs, author of Truly Amazing Women Who Are Changing the World and PR Rules, The Playbook. Be sure to check back next week on the Incandescent Radio Network for another interview with a successful author who is happy to share their story. Here's to writing your heart out and keeping your dreams alive. Thanks so much for listening.